0: Welcome to Veterans Air, the Veterans Hour, your source for news, talk, and and commentary here on the Lone Star Community Radio. I'm your host, Douglas B, and along with my co-host, Dangerous Dan, the Arizona Bugman. <laughs> yeah. You can listen to us live the first Tuesday of every month on VeteransAir.us or on Conroe's very own FM 106.1 and 104.5. As always, when we get started, we'll do a little housekeeping. You can contact Veterans Air through the website at www.veteransair.us or leave us a message, or better yet, text us in the studio on our Google phone, 936-344-3083. And you know what? I forgot to take mine out of the pocket and shut it off. Shame. Shame on you, Doug. I won't shut it off, so you can call me. We've got a really big show this this month.
1: That's
0: right. Um, We're going to be continuing on our, our series on citizenship and voting And we have a special guest in the studio with us today, General Constance McNabb from the Texas State Guard, who's going to tell us about the State Guard and her need for a public affairs officer. So listen up, you guys, or women. If you want to join the the State Guard, we got you covered. Before we get to that, I want to send out a welcome to everybody listening to us via veteransair.us way up in Wagner, Oklahoma, at the Cypress Cove Marina and the Gigglefish Grill. Tim Linda in trouble. I hope you like this show uh, speaking of which
1: I didn't know they had water in
0: Oklahoma. they do on the, the the this this marina is nestled on the shores of Fort Gibson Lake beautiful up there Kim Tim keeps sending me pictures and I'm like, dude seriously I can't get there
1: I'll keep my Oklahoma jokes to myself then
0: <laughs> yeah he's a sooner he's a sooner he made me change the colors of the website to be Oklahoma state colors Ooh. Um, I'm going to do a live podcast on September 22nd at 1 o'clock from the marina. So you all listen in. We'll be doing some wonderful stuff and have all the wonderful things that we usually do. But it's going to be a special podcast on September 22nd at 1 o'clock. Oh, hey, speaking of the podcast, did General, did you go out to the uh, bombshell, exotic, exhibit cars, whatever it was last Saturday?
2: I was not able to make it last Saturday. We had state guard drill. I was in Austin. I'm sorry, I missed
0: it. You missed it. It was great. Beautiful cars. We were out there, of course. Uh, we were, we were. Um, how to put this? Yeah, we were. We were using up all the VFW 4709s um, resources in their tent and drinking all of their cold water and uh, and Gatorade. Thank that's, you, Ron. Appreciate that. That's how it should be. I know you were in Arizona. You were working.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was down there um, killing scorpions for two
0: weeks. Arachnoids. Yes. Kill, the, kill all the arachnoids. <laughs> that podcast was well successful. Did you, did you check out the stats for that podcast?
1: Uh, I, I have not made time to do that.
0: 550 plus on that podcast. Oh. Did you catch that, Dick? 550 on my podcast. I couldn't find our banner, though. I'm sorry. but At any rate, um, General. Sir. Thank you for being here on the show, and I want to personally thank you for your service and your dedication to this country by serving both in the, in the Texas State Guard and everything that you do for the VFW because I know that you're a big supporter out there. You've got a lot of things happening. You're wearing a lot of different hats. Um, what is the Texas State Guard? No, better yet. Nobody knows you, but you're a one-star general, so give us a little background on who you are.
2: Well, uh, good to be here. Thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to have a chance to come and talk to you and and Dan and our whole audience out there, I hope that uh, we have some folks that get interested in the State Guard. I am currently I currently serve as the commander of the medical brigade in the Texas State Guard. The Texas State Guard is one of three components of the Guard here in Texas. Thirty-eight states nationally have state defense forces. We are organized as an official military organization. We fall under the Adjutant General, who also commands the. Texas Army National Guard and the Air National Guard, and our commander-in-chief is the governor. Unlike the Army National Guard or the Air National Guard, state guardsmen cannot be federalized. So any member of the state guard serves Texas when the governor calls, but we cannot be deployed to Afghanistan or Iraq or anything of the sort because we are strictly state servants. Lucky uh, lucky you guys. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a choice, and we do have people who come into the state guard and decide that they like the the military environment and they function well and if they meet the criteria they can they transfer over and then you know the the federal air and army have their standards so people start at whatever entry level they would as a civilian but we are one component and the only way that we mobilize when Texas calls is under the order of the governor to the adjutant general everything that we do we are coordinated through the adjutant general so all the missions that we go on we go and for the most part, when we deploy, we go as part of a joint task force. So it isn't like the State Guard goes out and declares war on a hurricane. We're out there with our Army and Air Brethren, but we feel some very critical needs. So within the State Guard, we have four components. The missions that we do are missions that the state of Texas has told us that they want. So you know, we're not just out there making it up, but the state of Texas made it very clear that they want to have people who are capable of running a well-ordered and well-conducted shelter. So our Army component, one of the four components, their main mission is to run shelters. So whenever you have mass uh, evacuations or people have to go shelter, and for the most part, we are the shelter managers at places like K. Bailey Hutchison or the George R. Brown Center. But being able to bring that military background and organization and command and control then we can interface with all of the other agencies, but it brings a lot of order and discipline, and we can interface, again, with our other military components as they're in the, in the AOR, so the area of responsibility. So that's one of the key things, and that's a mission that the Army and Air aren't trained to, because that's not something that the Feds are that interested in. I, I can attest to that. But, it, well. but it's an essential capability that Texas wants, and we do that, and we're proud to serve, and, it's, and we've been used extensively.
0: I want to make sure that I understand. So we have DOD, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines. Correct. Um, then we have the National Guard. Correct. And then Texas itself has its own military force, the Texas State Guard. Correct. And the governor, nobody else, we don't, nobody higher than him, you report to the governor of Texas. Correct. He picks up the phone. He says, General, get your people, get on down to Houston, set up a shelter because they're flooding. And you guys deploy.
2: There's a few few people between him and me. (laughs) (laughs) So he tells the governor, you know, the governor oversees because he's responsible. He has got a director of emergency management, which is Chief Nim Kidd. He's there at the state operations center. So he really is the belly button for all things with disaster. And if you noticed on the TV about a year ago right now, very commonly you'd see the governor and, the people standing right next to him, one tall one wearing a white shirt was commonly, that was Chief Nim Kidd. So he's the, he's the director of emergency management. There, General Nichols would very commonly be there. He was the, the great guy wearing the, the Air Force uniform with the two stars on it. And so the governor says, we have a problem, Nim Kidd, execute your plan. <coughs> Nim Kidd already has. And we, you know, we know pretty much what our roles are because everything that we do, and we'll get into what my missions are in the medical piece, but all of my missions have been cleared through NIMKID's agency called the Texas Department of Emergency Management. So he says, we're have a we we going to have a situation that a lot of people are being evacuated. We're going to need a shelter. So we open up the book. We're going to run a, a shelter. If it's this size, we need this, 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 and this. If there's going to be people who are sick or have medical problems, then we add on this component. So all of my capabilities, as well as all of the Air Guard capabilities, Army Guard capabilities, and the other components in the State Guard. The things that we do to answer when Texas calls have already been pre-planned and pre-coordinated. That's something that the military does very well, as we are planners. We play war games, tabletop exercises. We play the, the what-if game, and we have to answer that question. So when Texas calls, NIMKID can say, I'm going to have an air evacuation hub. It's going to be at such and such airport. He opens up the book and said, and we call it an APOE, an aerial port of embarkation. That's where you get on the airplane. We already know that to have the military medical folks from Texas, so this is before we even ask for any federal support, and that's important to the governor, is he doesn't want to wait until you know, the President and a declaration and everything else, when Texas calls and things are happening fast, he says, I want to be able to respond with a very robust capability that is Texas. If a, if a disaster a goes on, then the others are called and they come
0: in. I want to make sure that I understand this and that all of our listeners understand, because this is, this is something I didn't know about in Texas, that that we had our own army. So the governor doesn't have to wait until the president has declared a disaster area. No. He can he can say, I'm going to mobilize you guys. and. and you're ready. Right. You have generators and water buffaloes and all that other good stuff um, to go take over a shelter.
2: We, we, can do, we can do a lot. And I mean, the, general, the, the governor can mobilize the Air National Guard in Texas. He can mobilize the Army National Guard in Texas. He can mobilize the State Guard. And we go out and what it's called is state active duty. So as the military lawyers say, status is everything. We go out in state active duty. Essentially, we're temporary state employees. But we go out and we are mobilized under that authority, underneath the tag, and then all of the command and control things. And we go out to perform the missions that as the governor says, NIMKID, you take care of it. NIMKID says, we're going activate, to activate this plan right here. So, again, I'll talk about a, a, an air hub. You know, We did this. You know, Gustav and Ike, we mobilized a lot of people out of Beaumont. and a whole lot of people out of Beaumont. So my medical people join up with medical people from the Texas Air National Guard because Air Guard is the lead for all things disaster, not so much the Army, but the Air Guard is the lead. So we come in, and we nearly triple the medical capability of uniform wearers who answer to the governor of Texas. So we're able to send teams that we have built. We partner with the Air Guard guys. They are, they are the ones who have the airplanes. You know, we are, a, we are a people force. We don't have large amounts of equipment. We don't own any airplanes in the State Guard.
0: We can get Rick Page to steal some.
2: Well, <laughs> if indeed, yeah, I mean, we are, we are paid for by the state legislature. So, yes, the governor can call out the Guard in state active duty, but the state of Texas is paying for it. If indeed a disaster gets to be very, very large, very commonly, you know, if you can see how big a storm is, You're in the process of getting that federal declaration and the FEMA things, and all of that rolls in. But we find that getting forces from out of state or other FEMA things, those take anywhere. The earliest they start showing up is 48 hours. They really start to come up to speed about 72 to 96. Well, people in Texas who are in trouble, and if they don't get out of the way, bad things are going to happen. So we're looking at we're the power of,
1: of localized uh, That's what response we, forces here as opposed
0: exactly. to federal, you know,
2: We are forward-deployed. <laughs> we're forward-deployed because we live here.
0: Well, let's, let's explore that. Dan joins the Texas State Guard. Yes. What does he have to do, and where does he have to do it at? The one weekend a month? Three weeks of the year? It's, What's the deal?
2: It's one weekend a month. If Depending on which component... You came into and and again the our our organization we have gotten missions so each of the each of the organizations you know here the missions we know the the force structure so I need one uh, you know so for mine I need a doctor two nurses a paramedic two EMTs so I can see do I, you know have I got an opening that if I can fill in one of those and here's this guy who wants to join, bingo you're in that team. But what if I don't fit any of those qualifications? You may not. You, you may or may not join the medical brigade, oh. but we have the army component, which mm-hmm. is our largest component. And it's in excess of a thousand people. They run the shelters. And then when you do your once a month, you have drill, you're taught how to run shelters and be, okay. be part of that. You, you, know, you, you get your uniform, you show mm-hmm. up at drill, you know, and then it's very much a familiar military structure. You have a roll call, you have a command sergeant major in each of the Battalions, you know, so you would, you would belong to whatever organization is the closest to you. You know, you don't PCS around. The, the drills are, you know, and this is where the state guard really are, true patriots, because when you're drilling, you are doing it for state and God. You know, you're, Ooh, wow. it's, it, I mean, you're not getting paid. You're doing it because you want to serve, and, but you are learning a capability that Texas has very clearly said that they want. We have another capability. It's, it's in what we call our air component. So these are people, many, many are prior service air. Others are people who have joined. But they have aligned very much with our three air guard wings in Texas. And their specific capability is they are able to provide the manpower to operate some very, very high-tech communication trailers. So we have the trailers in Texas that are, have been bought by the feds. But to operate on 24-7 in an austere environment, you need more people who are already trained on the equipment. So, I mean, they go with the satellite dishes and microwave and you, you name it. You can talk to the backside of the moon. Our air guard guys augment those. We have a maritime unit. again. Not, wait a
0: second, wait a second. Texas has a Navy?
2: Well, Texas hey, has a maritime unit. If, if
1: Louisiana can have a Navy made of, uh, you know, wind boats, why can't we?
0: Well, hey, I love that Cajun Navy. I really do. <laughs> And and, and uh, uh, Nolan, if you're if you're listening, you got it going on.
2: Well, we are not quite that, but in in uh, 2005, Hurricane Katrina Katrina and Rita, a lot was a lot was learned, a lot was learned the hard way, and as people, you know, especially for Rita, and we had people, a lot of water came ashore. You know, people don't. Really think about how I, big that storm I remember off.
0: that 45 was a parking lot. I went out there with a wagon full of water just walking yep. up and down, handing water out as a parking lot
2: right and they discovered that you know Texas Parks and Wildlife had a lot of boats, but they didn't have enough people to go operate oh, those yeah. boats to just go out and do the simple go out operate a boat, go get it. Well, here's the state guard, a state defense force. you have a fair number of people who are prior service. Navy and Marines, they want to serve their country. And they said, we know how to operate boats. And so they actually do maritime. They, they do exercises with boats. They also do search and rescue, you know, so a ground search and rescue. So they use a lot of those military skills. So that's the maritime unit. And then the fourth component is the medical brigade. So what we were asked to do, again, NIMKID is the, is the, is the official that when the governor says, we got a problem. We got a disaster. The first call is to Nim, and the second one is you know, General Nichols. Okay, guys, come here and tell me what you're going to do. And we've spent a lot of time planning how we're going to answer to any number of kinds of disasters. Because, again, military planners, we spend a lot of time thinking the what-ifs. What what Nimkid took a look at, especially after Gustav and Ike, he said, I want to be able— to have a robust capability at an air hub as quickly as possible, you know, so while the federal assets are on their way, I can't wait. And I don't know if you recall, but during hurricane season 2008, we spent a fair bit of time chasing a storm up and down the coast because we didn't know where it was going to land. Well, when you only have so much capability and it has to run up and down the coast to try to figure out where is the storm going to happen, Nim said, that's, that's just not a good plan. I want the capability to have enough medics that I can have at least an initial footprint in the wide storm strike zone. So no matter what happens, if people are being delivered to those air hubs and the people that we are treating tend to be not the hospital patients. The hospitals are very robust in Texas and a lot of hospitals can weather the storm just fine. Mm-hmm. But it's the people who are in home health care, you know, some of the assisted living and so forth that they just don't have the means or their medical conditions are such that their family really cannot evacuate them themselves. So we tend to have a lot of people who have, they need oxygen or they have catheters or they have, they're they're what we call medically fragile but stable patients. They need to be taken to safety. So we want to have a medical capability that's not doing high-end medicine but who can keep these people alive? Make sure that when the oxygen bottle is attached to that person, that if the needle is coming out of the green and into the red, we know what that means, and we do something about it. That we take care of these people. Then and let me let me let
0: me ask a question, hypothetical, <laughs> okay? Hypothetical. Um, storm hits. It's Houston. Yeah. Like Ike did. Yeah. Um, like the last one that we just had. What was it? What's the name? Harvey. Right. Harvey comes in. Um, it's Port Aransas. It's Rob's Town. Yeah. Devastates these places. Yep. The governor can call you guys out. Yeah. And you'd muster down there, or do you go to someplace first and go down as a unit?
2: We we are organized by small mobility packages. And again, if he's going to send a group down there, he's not going to send just five medics. It's going to, Here's a team, so there's, there may be an Army team that is a command and control and a little bit of security or logistics and part of that. So if we're going to go down... Here's going to be a transportation hub. Essentially, it's a temporary shelter. People are going to be brought to a place. So we have, you know, it's a a joint task force, and we may very well be the medical component going down with some Army Guard guys who are doing the transportation and then have a communications trailer that's a bunch of Air Guard guys. So we are part of the joint task force. We have a joint operations center there at, Camp Mabry, which is our headquarters.
0: Where's and Camp Mabry?
2: Camp Mabry's in Austin. And so that is where, that is, it's the it's the military operations center where you have representatives of all the components. So as the missions come down from Chief Kidd and the SOC, the state operations center, if they have a mission that other state agencies say, no, this isn't us, or some state agencies might say, we're played out, so now we need help. Shelter management is one that the lead agency is the Red Cross. Red Cross says, well, we've got all of our people are used up, but we have more need, state guard. And so they send their request, goes to the JOC, the Joint Operations Center says, shelter management, that, that would be the state guard. We have state guard representatives in the SOC and say, okay, fine, I'm ready to go. I've got X number of these. Here's where they are. You know, we, sometimes we, we muster in place. I mean, we send out what military people call a war no." And that's pretty much make sure your cell phone is charged up and on you, because when we call, we don't want to track you down. But we all know other times we will have people assemble. As soon as we ask people to leave their homes and assemble, we start paying them. You know, they're the oh, wait, say,
0: wait, 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 wait. You said this was volunteer, and now you're saying that they're getting paid. When
2: you drill, it is volunteer. When you get mobilized, you get paid state active duty. That's right, Doug. You should have been paying attention. Once they mobilize, they're, they're, they're temporary state workers.
0: I wasn't paying attention. I feel so bad. <laughs> That's all right.
1: Now I noticed you haven't said anything about combat. You guys don't do combat. I'm no. Assuming. no.
0: No. 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 But this the, the, this feeds well into um, I was saying, and uh, I, I, I teach to everybody: it's better to have it, and not need it, than <laughs> need it and not have it. So this actually makes me very happy here that the Texas has a has its own state guard, its own military force, mm-hmm. um, and not every state has this. There's only a couple of states that have, have their own, own military. Is that right? 38 states.
2: I think that's a majority, Doug.
0: I wonder if New Jersey and New York have one.
2: There is such thing as the State Guard Association of the United States. I can't, I don't know the list, because I've been focusing on my own organization. But
0: We can get our social media to give us a list. We'll post it online. There you go. Um, but this is great, because when the zombie apocalypse happens, Dan, and you really should prep for this, when the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm comforting, comforted to know that the state guard is there to protect our borders from zombies.
2: Well, we are not necessarily the protection
0: force. It's okay. Um, me and my people, we can do the protection. but you're going to have to supply my 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 insulin because I don't get my insulin ready.
2: Well, that might be my guys taking care of that.
0: Yes, it will be. Yes, it will.
2: But it's you know when bringing in the state guard, and I've got approximately 350 people when we came into this mission, and I built smaller packages so we can right size the force you know if indeed you need a thousand people to go fight a war that's the right number but if you only need 50 and you send a thousand then that becomes its own mass casualty so we're following people falling all over logistical nightmare yeah Yeah. well military military has learned you send the right size force and that's where we (laughs) like having small packages that we can add to also my folks are commonly used during harvey we did a lot of the medical processing, the Army and the Air Guard guys, to go out and then come back in, make sure that we're not sending anybody downrange that has a medical problem, or if someone was downrange and they're coming back, before we process them back out, we make sure that they don't have some medical thing that popped up, which is then what we call a line of duty. We document those, because if indeed you are injured or you get an illness that's directly related to your duty, then that is a, that's a responsibility of the state, and that's a.
0: We're going to have to take a break here shortly. we got, uh, what, three minutes, Dick? In three minutes, guy wants a guy or a woman, somebody out there listening to us, that just wants to put back on the uniform. Yeah. How do they do it? How, who do they get in contact with?
2: Contact HTTPS, colon, forward slash, forward slash, tmd.texas.gov, forward slash, go guard. And then navigate to state
0: guard. We're going we're gonna put to that, put that on the website for y'all. Um, so, now, the Army has some standards that you got to meet to get into the Army. You can't be as dumb as a box of rocks.
1: <laughs> Unless and, you want to be, you know, a cook.
0: Go infantry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Brother Johnny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 10th Mountain, Red Line. Huh? Um, and you have to be able to run two miles and so forth. Does the state guard... Texas State Guard has some, some requirements to get in. We
2: do. We do have height-weight standards, uh, and, and a lot of this is because we are, we are truly a mobilized force. When we mobilize into disasters, we don't mobilize into air-conditioned office environments. We mobilize out into the austere environment of a disaster zone. So we have height-weight standards, basic physical fitness capabilities, nothing like the Army because we're not sending people to Afghanistan to go out with an 80-pound sack you know, ruck and, and uh, you know, march up and down hills. But, but still, we want to make sure that if we're sending people out to go do their mission, that we are not causing a casualty. So, and we do have age requirements also. 70 is the maximum.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say that um, I don't think I meet the, the physical requirements to join the Texas State Guard. But I got to tell you, I'd love to put the uniform back
2: on. Yeah, I'm sure they have waivers to do
0: something. Well, you know, I need, I, I, need, I need a fat boy waiver. for <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it, it would be the exceptional job. And it's one of those, every single applicant, as, as they come and they apply, then there's a medical form that they fill out. And we do have a joint surgeon and several other surgeons in the component. They look through. And if someone has got a medical condition that they could be too fragile, then we say, thank you so much for your interest. But perhaps this isn't your
0: your game. We have to take a break here. But when we come back... Stay with us. The general's going to remain here. We're going to take a short break for news traffic, uh, a little PSA for the VFW. Um, when we come back, the general's going to tell us about a position that she has opened in her medical brigade. She's looking for the right man or woman to fill it. Sure. We'll be right back after these messages.
2: know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County. Will you help make a difference? I'm Allie Stevens with Costa Child Advocates of Montgomery County. We train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system. Kids removed from their home because of abuse and neglect, and we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children. To learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit costaspeaksforkids.com. That's costaspeaksforkids.com.
3: You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting from the Lone Star Community Radio Studios in Conroe, Texas, with Veterans Air. We're going to do a quick weather and traffic break for the Montgomery County area and get back to regular programming. Currently 85 degrees outside, folks, with 20% chance of rain today. The high is going to be 85. The low is going to be 72. Let's look at some traffic conditions in the Montgomery County area. I'm not seeing any accidents or incidences really affecting traffic flow. Uh, There has been one... Accident being reported on I 45 southbound, right there at 1488. But I'm not seeing any slowdowns uh, with an effect of that. Outside that, if you're heading into Houston, you're going to run into some real trouble right there at the Shepherd Curve. Uh, Highway 69 going northbound and southbound is looking good to go. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on irlonestar.com and worldwide on. uh, and Connors FM 104.5, 106.1. And I believe Douglas has a PSA for those who want to win a motorcycle. So, Douglas, if you don't mind letting the people know what's going on.
0: I do. The VFW Post 4709 is raffling off a 2016 Harley-Davidson Softail Slim S. And uh, I think we have this beautiful graphic we had last month, so i will probably have it again this month. Um, but listen, for $20, you can win this 2016 Harley-Davidson and it is decked out as a military motorcycle. Kind of looks like the motorcycle that uh, Captain America uh, rode. So, the $20 a ticket. The drawing is November 10th. You do not have to be present to win. Go buy, pick up a $20 rifle ticket at the VFW post 4709 or call them at 936-756-7614.
3: Okay, we're going to take a quick PSA break, and then we'll be back with Veterans Air. So stay tuned.
4: An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org because every life matters.
0: Welcome back to Veterans Air. the Veterans Air. We're talking today with Brigadier General McNabb from the Texas State Guard. Um, and she's going to, to talk to us in just a second about the need for a public affairs officer. But before that, you know, There's muffins here on the table, Dan. I see
1: that. I was going to wait for you to, like, explain to everyone what kind of muffins you got us today.
0: I don't know what type of muffins we have, uh, but the muffins were supplied to us by the the wonderful people next door at Conroe Coffee. And uh, I even had them warm them up today.
1: Well, they're probably not warm now. We've been talking for about half an hour.
0: Well, it's the thought that counts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, General. So... I happen to know, because you told me and you sent me this beautiful job description, and we uh, promoted it last month and it's out on our website right now, that you're looking for somebody special. Yes, I am. Who are you looking for?
2: I'm looking for someone who wants to do public affairs for the Medical Brigade for Texas State Guard.
0: We have got
2: a, a position on my headquarters staff. So in headquarters, we drill in Austin, once a month in Austin. If indeed someone wants to be a public affairs at one of the battalions, I do have a local battalion, which is my second battalion, and they are based in the greater Houston area. But we need public affairs, whether it's an NCO or an officer, preferably someone who has some background in public affairs, or the ideal candidate is someone who has prior active duty service or National Guard service, because then they understand all the military regulations and rules and so forth because we we have General, standards i want to
0: jump that we, on that like and, a big dog
2: well we'd, we'd love to have you but we've we have got a great story to tell i mean as as I've, I've noted many times the texas state guard is one of the greatest secrets going in texas i'm surprised how many people don't understand the national guard but they've never heard of the state Guard. i didn't know about it until we were going to have you on and i'm yeah. from here here it is but a state guard or a, a public affairs person to be able to tell our story. One of the things that we do and all of the state guard components do, but my medics are really very active and do some great things. And again, when people are out there doing their drills for free, one of the nicest things you can do is thank them and make sure that people know that what they do is not only really cool, but it's appreciated. So one of the things that we're allowed to do as a, what we call a drill alternative, or it could be in addition to drill is the state guard can do community support events. So if an organization and I'll say Wings Over Houston give them a little plug they're coming up. Wings Over Houston has state guard army component people come to be kind of the the guides to keep people from walking into propellers and keep people from wandering onto the active runway. So they're not they're not an armed security force but they are very much in In presence and visibility at places like Wings Over Houston just to help the crowd stay safe where they belong and keep them out of places where they could inadvertently get into trouble. What is
0: this PAO going to do?
2: What the PAO is when we have things like this or we go out on an exercise, We we did an air evacuation exercise down in a community down near Kingsville, the PAO, go and tell the story who was there, what did they do, what's their hometown newspaper be able to to send those releases back home, put tell the story, put it up on social media. There is a there's a magazine that goes out to everybody who's a member of the Texas Military Department. We are one of the components help write the articles there because we want to recruit some of the guardsmen who might be getting out, but it also is a great way to get out if there's other or other things like local newspapers that would be interested. Hey, this state guard thing, these people came to our community. We had an exercise. They played this part. They're really cool. And oh, by the way, one of those people wearing a uniform happens to be somebody that I know from the VFW post. Wow, this is a great organization.
0: I think, tell this our is, story. I think this is a great job. I think this is a great way to give back to your state and to your community. And uh, being prior military, um, PAO is just, second nature. You know, you got the PA officer running around, so you better have your cap on right, and you better be looking right. Somebody's out there with a camera. Um, but this really is somebody that, that likes to do this, likes to promote, likes to advertise. And if you're listening to my voice, and you're sitting there and you're wondering, what the heck can I do? Put back on the uniform, become the PAO. Because I think that this is a great position. And listen, if you go to Veterans Air, veteransair.us slash PAO .pdf. you'll be able to download all the requirements for this job and contact the correct person. And, and y'all need to do this. Because I'm going to keep harping on y'all out there until General tells me that she's found the PAO that she needs. She has too many. Stop, Doug. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's And I'm going to put this out right now to you, General. If you guys have a news story, you've put something out and you want to get it on the air, please, Send it to me. We'll get it out for you either on one of our podcasts or even here out on the show.
2: That's great. Thank you very much.
0: Um, We're not going to take a break. We're just going to go right into citizenship.
1: Powerhouse right through it.
0: Powerhouse right through it. But before we do, we do something special each time that we have a a guest, a dignitary here on uh, Veterans Air. So I would like to present you with your very own Veterans Air pocket knife. Ah. Um. And use it in good, in, in, in good health.
2: And, and, and not to do any field surgery with said pocket
0: knife. Um, it's really not that sharp. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: I know how to make it sharp. Well, yeah. to thank you on Veterans Air. I want to tell you how much I appreciate what Veterans Air has done for
0: us. Is it? Challenge coin.
2: Oh. Challenge nice. coin. Okay, that's fine.
0: That's sweet.
2: That's well, sweet. Thank you. Let's thank you. for people who do something exceptional. Thank like you I for said, your if,
0: if, if I wasn't a tripod, I'd even lose weight to put the uniform back on. But in all good consciousness, I can't. So the job's open, people. Contact the general. Become the PAO. Get involved. We're going to continue on with our series on citizenship and voting. Our constitutional mentor, Pete Koch, has made available the citizenship study guide along with the quiz.
1: Did we post that up on the website yet, Doug? It
0: is on the website. Oh, you right. can get to it at veteransair.us slash citizenship. And it is broken down into, into lesson plans and, and whatnot. He did a wonderful job. Pete, I know that you're listening. Thank you so much. And everybody out there, you need to go take this citizenship test. I think it's going to open your eyes on what it means to be a citizen. And even, what,
1: even if you're already a citizen.
0: Even if you're already I a can't. citizen.
1: You'll you'll, you'll realize how much you need to know.
0: That's right. I challenge you. (laughs) I challenge you all to take this test to see how much you really know about your country and your government.
1: I'm going to take it tonight, and I'll send you the score,
0: Doug. Well, the reason that that we're promoting this, we're pushing the citizenship and voting, is what's happening in November. Who knows? Midterm elections. This is a big election. And it's not just, you know, don't go vote or, you know, vote the party or whatnot. Be involved. Be involved with your government, and know what's happening because it affects you directly. One of the things that we need to discuss here is sanctuary cities and voting. Did you know? Did you know that California has passed a law allowing undocumented immigrants, or as we say here, and veterans there, illegal aliens, to vote in local elections. But now Doug- we determined. Go ahead.
1: They can vote in local elections. Can't
0: they? Did we not determine this?
1: I thought it was <laughs> federally they
0: could. That's vote. right. In federal elections, they can't. There are some rules to be able to vote in a federal election. But each state, county, or city can determine what their voting requirements are for their local elections. But I want to give you two quotes, and I'm going to read these so I don't screw them up. Nobody will ever deprive the American people, of the right to vote, except the American people themselves. And the only way they can do this is by not voting. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, 32nd President of the United States, said that. Now, Uncle Ronnie, Ronald Reagan, the 40th President of the United States, said, for this nation to remain true to its principles, we cannot allow any American's vote to be denied, diluted, or defiled. The right to vote is the crown jewel in American liberties, and we will not see its luster diminished. We need to vote, and we need to understand what it is that we're voting for or voting against.
1: You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge that, Doug. I'm going to say that if you're un, an uninformed voter, it's okay if you don't vote at all. If you don't know any of the issues,
0: it's fine. I would back that. I would back that. I, I would back that. If you don't know, don't vote.
1: Don't feel pressured. It's a right. You can
0: and, choose not to do it. And what do we say? And don't get, don't get your, your political news from Facebook means?
1: Uh, not anymore. No, they're cracking no. down on all the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> no more Russian news for me.
0: Are you voting, General? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're voting, too. Did you know that the first Tuesday in November is when we're supposed to vote? Yes. And guess what? That's the day that our show is going to be on. It's Probably going to be my birthday, too. Oh, we will have to do a birthday cake. (laughs) We'll have to do a birthday cake. Um, In Texas, we have some rules. And if you are live in Texas and listen to any type of media whatsoever, you know that one of the big discussion points, um, both locally, state-wise, and federal, is voter registration and voter ID. Mm -hmm. I did some research. Because here on Veterans Air, we have opinion and then we have fact. The fact is this. Texas voter registration rules. You must be a citizen of the United States. You must be a resident of the county in which the application for registration is made. You must be at least 17 years and 10 months old to register. So almost 18. Almost 18. You must be 18 to vote, but you can register early. And my daughter did that, Alice.
1: She registered early.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think she took Kimberly along with her. Probably. By the way. Um, you, you cannot be finally convicted of a felony, or if a convicted felon, you must have fully discharged your punishment, including any incarceration, parole supervision, period of probation, or be pardoned.
1: So basically, serve your time.
0: If you are in jail, you cannot vote. If you have been released. You have to have served your punishment or be pardoned to be able to vote. That, 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 that for me, would be a, be a sticking point. I mean, I'm a proud American. And I agree with Ronald Reagan that voting is the crown jewel of your American liberties. To be denied the right to vote would be hard for me. But then again, what did Beretta say? Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And finally, in order to register to vote, You cannot have been declared mentally incompetent by a following judgment of a court of law.
1: So you actually have to go to court for them to take away
0: your rights? That is is correct. Mm -hmm. A judge has to do that. Because what do we say here on Veterans Day? The Constitution is our law. That's what we follow. And that's what we're going to do. Now, are you familiar with Senate Bill 5? Uh, No, I'm not. General?
2: No, I'm not.
0: I came across this and I went this is interesting. <laughs> Let me read this to you. Senate Bill 5. It passed the 85th Legislature regular session requires voters who possess an acceptable form of photo identification for voting listed below to present that ed- identification in order to vote in person in all Texas elections. And this is at a state level. This is this is for the state of Texas. For voters 18 to 69 the acceptable form of photo identification may be expired no more than 4 years before being presented for voter qualification at the polling place.
1: Well, what if you're 70?
0: Well, for voters aged 70 or older, the acceptable form of photo identification may be re- expired for any length of time if the identification is otherwise valid. Oh. Voters who do not possess an acceptable form of voter identification and cannot reasonably obtain one of the forms of acceptable photo identification List below, they may present a supporting form of identification and execute a reasonable impediment declaration noting the voter's reasonable impediment. Can't say that word. Impediment. Thank you. Impediment to obtaining an acceptable form of photo identification. You have to have a photo ID, and you know what? It has to be you. You yeah. can't use your, you know, you can't vote under my name. You have to have your own ID.
1: I thought it was weird they, they, they wouldn't let me do that last time.
0: I know. It's so bizarre. So, you know, my wife, Patriot, I love her dearly. Um, we go to vote, and she makes sure that she takes her voter registration card with her every single time. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to have a voter registration card. All you have to have is your ID. You have to be a citizen. I'm sorry. If you want to be, have a voice in the way America is run, you have to be a citizen. Now, here's a list of forms of photo ID. Texas driver's license issued by the Department of Public Safety. A Texas election identification certification issued by DPS. Texas personal ID card issued by DPS. Texas handgun license by the DPS. United States military identification card containing the person's photograph. United States Citizenship Certification, containing the person's photograph, or the United States Passport. Yes. All of these things, or any one of these things, will get you in to vote. I challenge all my listeners to register to vote in this midterm election. You can register to vote up to 30 days before that election. It's really easy. How oh, yeah. easy is that? Tell us how you easy You
1: really just have to walk into the, the voter registration office and ask them to register you to vote,
0: and that's it. It just so happens you that I've done, you, I've done further research. It's just
1: a little card you fill out, you give it back to them, and they mail you everything you need.
0: It may be possible to register to vote online.
1: You absolutely can.
0: Why, yes, because if you went to vote.org or votetexas.gov, you can register to vote. Question for you, General. sir. Sure. We get a storm. The governor said, General, bring your people down here. It's the first Tuesday of November. You guys make uh, preparations or, 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 or do something so that the Texas State Guard that is out on taking care of the rest of Texans, can vote?
2: We encourage everyone, in not just the State Guard, but everyone in the military, particularly in the Adjutant General's Department, so Air and Army Guard, it's all about being prepared to go. You never wait to see what's going to happen. So we encourage people to exercise their right to vote. Vote early or mail in your vote. Be ready to go because we all know if you wait to the last moment, you can be disenfranchised and plenty of your brothers and sisters have fought and died for your rights.
0: Ooh, wow. absolutely that, that, that early indeed. voting.
2: When I was
1: then, I was not prepared. We got sent out to the field, and I did not get to vote.
0: They did not give you an absentee ballot?
1: Um, They probably offered, I don't remember.
0: <laughs> I have voted. I have voted. How much time do I have here, Dick? He's, he's, I only got one minute? Seriously? Okay, one minute. Dan, who's our sponsor?
1: Oh, our sponsors today... <clears throat> Uh, East Meast West Productions, full service business and marketing consultants helping vets start and fund their businesses for 25 years. For more information, call 361 904
0: 0044. Outstanding. And then before we go, I want to uh, really quick remember to remind everybody that September 11th is Patriots Day, and the VFW post 4709 will be having their Patriots Day ceremony. At 6.30, be there. I'm going to be there. General, thank you for being here. Um, hope I can get you back. Let well, us know you. what happens with this PAO officer. Well, I'll bring them with me. Outstanding. Oh, hey. There we go. As we close up, I want to remind you all that our next show will be October 2nd, 1 p.m. We'll be finalizing our series on citizenship and voting. Hopefully, we can get somebody in here from uh, the Montgomery Voting uh, Organization and uh, tell us about how we do this. But before we leave, as always, I want to leave you with this awesome song by the Warrior Song Project. You can go download that from Veterans Area US or on iTunes. And while we're listening to this song, let us remember our brothers and sisters in uniform that today stand in harm's way to protect our liberties and Americanism. I want to say to you, if you're wearing the uniform, that I'm proud of you. I want to tell you that I thank you. Until next month, stay safe, stay vigilant.
4: The need to bleed you when the light goes green Best believe I'm in the zone to be From a yin to my yang to my yang to see Put a grin on my chin when you come to me Cause I'm weird. I'm a one of a kind And I'll bring death to the place you're about to be Another river of blood running under my feet Forging a fire little along Stand next to me, you'll never stand alone. I'm last to leave but the first to go. Lord, make me dead before you make me old. I'll feed on the fear of the devil inside of the enemy faces in my sight. Aim with a hand, shoot with a mind, kill with a heart like Arctic ice. The blood spilled on the floor And if another one stands, I'll kill some more Bullet in the breach and a fire in me Like a cigarette thrown to gasoline If death don't bring you fear I swear you'll fear these marching feet Come to the nightmare, come to me Deep down in the dark where the devil will be In the mall where the jaws and the rays are teeth Where the brimstone burns and the angel wings Call to the gods are across your path And my silhouette hangs like a body mass i Gonna do with the deed until the river runs dry I'm a last breath